Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me and my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jay Hugh. Cacao! Uh, this week, doing our first movie review in a long time, Joseph made us all uh, purchase a VOD film, and I'm not happy about it. Dude, um, I thought it was going to be like eight bucks. I it was not. <laughs> it was like 20. That's ridiculous. We gave Judd Apatow a lot of money. We should have just shared a voodoo account or something. At this point, if we're going to do things like this more often, we should become actual friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't, I can't do 20 bucks on my own. Uh, I think that- talking about King of Staten Island. Correct. By Judd Apatow. Starring what's his face? Pete, Pete Davidson. Davidson, Marissa Tomei, and Bill Burr. Correct. The, there the, are other people, but but I yeah. don't know them. The the latest in a long stream of comedies. Judd Apatow, probably most famous for Knocked Up and uh, the Forty Year Old Virgin, has been making a very specific form of comedy for closing in on two decades now. It's very specific is is a nice way of saying he makes the same fucking movie over and over. It just keeps getting longer and less funny. That yeah, is on that note. This movie never attempts to be funny. I think. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. Well, get I, to that's that. good because I thought it was just my rage at watching this movie for the eighth time that I didn't find one second of it funny. But maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just not a comedy. Yeah. I just, I feel like while I was watching this, you know, when we had approached this subject or whether this movie was coming out in the first place, talked about how Judd Apatow movies or at least recently have been about how loser piece of shit deadbeats can also be sad too. And I, I realized that I feel like Judd Apatow movies are like the, the sitcom trope uh, of a generation prior to us, the fat guy, hot wife trope, but right. you know, for lazy deadbeat stoners, uh, you know, just no effort stoner fart, sex jokes get out of there well see i i think i, I i'm gonna go a little deeper and i'm gonna go with some uh psychoanalysis here and i'm gonna say that i think judd apatow hates judd apatow because all of his movies except for maybe 40 year old version you start with a funny person who needs to get their shit together and they get their shit together by becoming not a funny person yeah i mean that's true this one this one's pretty different in that though because Unlike most of his other films, the main character really, I mean, even though Pete Davidson is a comedian and he's, you know, says sarcastic things, he's not really funny. He's really just sad. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and to, to Hurt's point, when we, we talked about this movie, I think during our summer movie preview, uh, you talked about, you know, Judd Apatow movies that are, you know, moving back this bar of, of when it stops being funny and just starts being sad. Uh, if you guys are ready to jump in, I want to start with minute zero of this movie when it was immediately sad. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I think I said when we were talking about this that this one will only get 15 minutes of funny. And I was really being optimistic. You were so optimistic. I, I, there are no spoilers for this movie because it's just a, you know, a dumb quote unquote comedy. Uh, do we want to just hit, you know, better or worse than Transformers before we get uh, deeper into it? Sure. Uh, I think it's better than Transformers. I did enjoy this movie. It's kind of a bummer um, for most of it. Uh, but I think it's well acted and pretty well written. 
I appreciated the fact that it wasn't like a standard Judd Apatow film where it does attempt to be funny and then become serious. I appreciated that he thought, I'll just make a drama. And uh, I was okay with that. See, I have a reverse opinion. Not reverse opinions, but uh, I, I, I'm going worse than Transformers. Uh, I don't think the writing was good at all. And I don't, I think it didn't want to be a comedy, so it wasn't funny, but I also don't feel like it was a drama either. Uh, I just feel like it was kind of nothing, but a long nothing. I, I see. I, I think, I don't really think that, I don't know if I agree that it didn't attempt at all to be a comedy. It just didn't try to be the kind of riffy comedy that Apatow's usually good at. I mean, I think that's why Apatow's usually been better on movies he was involved in that he wasn't actually the director is he's really good with that sort of riffy stuff and he tries to play that down in his own movies except for maybe knocked up and and uh and 40 year old virgin but this one i think it was yeah it was more just like observational life comedy and who who needs that shit <laughs> so yeah i mean we'll, we'll dive in the very first scene of this movie is uh is pete davidson's character uh Scott Carlin, which I felt was a bit on the nose for naming, but we'll get to that in a second. You know, trying to kill himself on the highway and then whistling out and not doing it. And that's that's the opening sequence. Yeah, I mean, it was a, I don't know, I'm not going to say shocking. I want to know how much of this are experiences that Pete Davidson really had, because it's supposed to be like kind of biographical right. so so that's i guess that's kind of an important part to, to get into this movie this is a semi kind of autobiographical movie about pete davidson's life uh his father so the, the in this movie his character's father is a firefighter who's killed uh you know while fighting a fire in real life uh pete davidson's father was a new york firefighter who was killed during 9 11 uh during a building collapse and, you know, I think, I think a fair amount of, you know, the general comedy was kind of derived from that. I, I don't know exactly, you know, what percentage of it is, is supposed to be directly pulled from it and how much of it isn't. Well, it, it seems like, you know, Apdow did like the same thing uh, with, uh, with Trainwreck, uh, you know, which is a, another movie I, I do not like. But, you know, it was like, oh, well, we'll take, you know, Amy Schumer's life and we'll kind of make a fictionalized version of that into a comedy but you know i think it it became with amy schumer that at this point i don't know if that was really ever her life or it was just a character that dave attell created so you know i think that one worked a little better than this just because it was it was more jokey this one was just i don't know i don't know if judd apatel is someone who needs to be telling a biography i mean i think that's fair uh, so the basic plot of the movie is uh, Pete Davidson's character again, Scott Carlin. Scott was the name of, of his real life father, and then Carlin after George Carlin is you know kind of a, a layabout, never really accomplished anything with his life. People around him are just generally delicate with him because they think that you know the, uh, the lifetime trauma of you know his father dying has has kind of made him like he's sad, but you can't fix him. The only thing that you could do is just kind of lay off and I, I really i guess the inciting incident is that his uh his mom which is marissa tomei uh gets a new boyfriend in a firefighter that's bill burr with a giant mustache and how do we feel about bill burr in this film i mean again he's not funny but he's i don't think he's supposed to be you know i think he's he's fine for what he is i it's funny I, from the tone you said of that i'm getting the feeling like you didn't really like it but it was maybe the only part of this movie that I did like. Yeah, I didn't think he was very good in it. 
Um, I felt like the whole time it was just Bill Burr setting up to tell a Bill Burr joke. Like (laughs) he delivers every line of dialogue like he is setting up for a punchline in one of his stand-up specials. Um, And there are a few times, like, for example, when they're all at the bar uh, and he says something and and it just it just felt too much like it just felt like Bill Burr stand up to me. I didn't think he was it really didn't feel like an acting performance, I guess, for me, um, for him. He was I mean, I thought he was okay in it, but he was probably my least favorite part of the film. Fair enough. How do we feel about Pete Davidson's character? What do you do? I got to I got to step out for a second, guys. I'll be right back. Well, he stepped out. I'll ask you this. Have you ever listened to Pete Davidson stand up without seeing him? I have not. It is really jarring because his voice does not sound like his person. No, it does not at all. <laughs> like For uh, sure. It sounds like a, you know, like a 250 pound guy with a five o'clock shadow, like who chews on cigars. Like it sounds like a very different dude. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm speculating here, uh, but he started doing stand up when he was like 16. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and my, you know, I'd venture to, to say that he probably went for like a more macho sound for his performances to make him sound himself sound less 16. And maybe that's just bled into his whole persona. I I really just at one point I thought there was two different Pete Davidsons the guy who did uh you know Saturday Night Live and shit and some guy I would hear on Sirius XM who I assume looked like Ralph Cramp. <laughs> I mean he might eventually he's just too young right, right now. Right. Um I was just curious because I I guess to Christian's point of it of it being more of a drama I wasn't sure how I was supposed to feel about Pete Davidson's character in, in this movie. Right. Uh, I didn't feel like he was particularly likable or really that sympathetic. Right. Um, he was pitiful. I will give him pitiful. Uh, but I kind of hated, you know, I, I guess I felt the, uh, the way I, everybody else in the movie felt about him in that I pitied him, but I kind of hated that I had to pity him. I think but, that's exactly what they wanted. Yeah. But again, I think that's definitely from funny people forward. That's been the app tell art. You meet a person that's like, Oh, I don't know if I like this person, but you know, maybe they'll get their shit together. And then at the end of the movie, they sort of get their shit together, but do they really? And you're I know. still not sure. If it's you such like it's such a low bar for for change for like character growth in these fucking yeah. movies. Right. It's like what you can like fold your own laundry. Good for right. you. See, right. I didn't feel like Adam that was Sandler, the point. You can pretend. You can stop pretending you're dying. You know. I didn't feel like that was the point of this movie. I didn't think that's where they were trying to end up. And I don't think that's where he does end up. I, I don't think we're supposed to have resolution for the Scott character at all. I think, and the only, the only mark of success for him is, is, is realizing he's a screw up and being more honest about it. Um, not that he's ever any more self-sufficient. I mean, like 15 minutes from the end of the movie, he's in back of his mom's house lying, uh, trying to move back in. Like, he hasn't really changed at all other than he's not using it as an excuse anymore. Um, I don't think this is one of the, I didn't view it anyway as one of those feel good movies where like a person starts off rough and by the end of it is self-sufficient. I saw it more as a person starts off rough and by the end of it, they just stopped lying about being rough. Well, you know, when you explain it like that, I'm thinking now maybe I don't hate this movie because I hate it. I hate it because maybe it's too close to home. 
Oh, I definitely felt. I, I definitely was like, oh, I, 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 uh, I see a little bit of myself in this. Right. <laughs> yeah, because at some point, I, I definitely just decided in my life, well, if I just say I'm a piece of shit, it's okay to be a piece of shit. Is that not how life works? <laughs> no, actually, it doesn't work out at all. Oh, bummer. I feel like, in general, this movie's problem is that it's exactly 33% too long. I yeah, think, it is too long. That's I think, for sure. I think every single scene should have been cut by thirty by one third exactly mm. um, to make the dialogue a little snappier. To uh, you know, make the the transition snappier. Just every everything about it just needed to be a little bit shorter. I think it was kind of just self indulgent and lazy. Uh, which I don't know if that's just part of. I don't know if this is the film that was coming out to theaters. If this is like it was a longer version because it's the VOD release. Or if this is just what Judd Apatow makes now, but I think I would have enjoyed it either, you know, either as the dramatic or comic impact more if if every scene was just a little bit shorter. I mean, if I said the review, uh, too long, not enough jokes, could you really tell me which Judd Apatow movie I'm talking about? <laughs> Touche. I don't know. I don't, there's not a whole lot else I want to get into in this. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we, we dip out um, of it? I, you know, I, I, it annoys me that we've, uh, we've just settled into uh, Marissa Tomei plays the lead character's mom. Yeah. I don't like Yeah, it. She hates she, that too. She's, she does. She's done with that. I didn't feel I'm, like, I, I didn't feel like her character was a hard right turn in this movie from I've, I've been, I've been indulging my, my son's pity party for his entire life. And then he's gone for like a weekend. Like I'm, I'm walking him out of the house. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he, uh, he asked me who would I cast as the modern day golden girls? And I said, that's impossible because aunt may is hotter than MJ. <laughs> like you can't, you can't do the golden girls now because chicks in their fifties are hot. Now they just, we've changed the way we age somehow. I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> Halle Berry is like 54 fucking years old. That's what, that's what age I think like Dorothy was supposed to be like, you can't, you can't do that now. But anyways, I, I, what, what I'm saying is I think Marissa do, do, Tomei can do more than this. I hope she gets some roles that aren't just, uh, you know, judging a younger man. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I was happy. I mean, I, I think she's good in the film, but it, it's too much just Staten Island Aunt May yeah. uh, <laughs> right. with incompetent Peter Parker. I mean, it's, it's just, and especially because it's always like, and it's not just mom of child it's single mom of child that gets hit on a ton and uh, i guess that's what happens when you put you know marissa tomei in a film but (laughs) i will say uh, as far as like the actual performances in this movie i thought pete davidson was fine again it's hard for me to know you know (laughs) what of this is acting and what of it is just pete davidson being pete davidson but Uh, i mean you know i mean that part of it's actually okay I, i i don't care if someone you know I'm fine with someone just being a movie star, just getting up there and presenting their persona. Sure. You know, I just wish it would have been in a, in a funnier movie since he's a funny dude. He is a funny dude. He's definitely funnier than his character in this movie. Right. Um, yeah, I thought, Pete, I thought Pete Davidson was pretty good in it. I'd actually say he was probably the strength of the movie. Um, I, I also really enjoyed his little cast of character friends. I thought they were all pretty funny. I particularly liked, I liked uh, his his kind of 
not really girlfriend uh kelsey played by Belle yeah Pally. i thought she was really good i thought she was yeah. excellent i really really yeah. liked her a lot judd aptow's maybe biggest strength as a filmmaker is the cast of dudes around the main dude like you know he'll have a dude and then some dudes that they hang out with and those dudes are pretty much always hilarious yeah you know what's funny to me about this film is that it in a lot of ways i feel like if judd apatow were to remake freaks and geeks this is how he would do it like it's it's (laughs) it's very much troubled people just trying to figure out life and stuff like that but and and i think this movie is pretty good i i think it's better than you guys are giving credit for and i do think it's better than transformers but i would say that if there are morals to this film he already told them in freaks and geeks and he told them better in that right i think that's a fair i like that observation that's actually that actually probably covers it better than anything i would say after that other, other, you know, we talked about there's not that many people that we know in this movie. Only other, uh, like, kind of cameo-y roles. Uh, Steve Buscemi's got several lines, actually, but he's in it, but not in a major part. Man, he's old. He is old. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I dug him, especially, you know, I think everybody at this point who's been, who watched movie trivia at any point in their life is like, oh, yeah, Steve Buscemi was a real firefighter. I feel like lent an actual like he he as the chief of the fire department had some actual gravitas uh, that this movie just generally otherwise I don't think had. Uh, yeah, I would say when when the the point of the film when both they're both living at the firehouse, that was my least favorite part. Like that that last thirty minutes, forty five minutes, however long, because it is probably twenty minutes too long. I didn't care for that. Uh, that it, at that point it trudged too much into uh, kind of like we were talking about like touchy feely self-improvement movie but the problem is i didn't think either of them really improved there was not really like a moment of change or anything for them so it just felt like i don't know hallmark moment scenes of him standing there watching them put out fires and stuff like that yeah it, it was literally the resolution seems like oh we're all in the same place now let's get along yeah exactly but my, my uh, I would say the only other cameo worth mentioning, and I think the funniest part in this movie, is Action Bronson just shows up out of nowhere for no reason. He's so great. <laughs> He's so great. With a random gaping wound and then exits just as quickly. Okay, do, so you, guys, funny. do, you, do you guys ever watch Vice? I've, Vice I've watched Network? his show. Okay, uh, see, I... I they show they show Sonny on Vice and I watch Sonny all the time. So I end up catching his show a lot and I think I just hate that show so much I can't enjoy anything he's involved in. Oh man, I love that show. I love that dude. He is so funny. Uh and I mean I thought he he was great in this. His refusal to say where the wound came from <laughs> felt like a very much real action Brosnan thing. I think, again, again, it's really like I don't, I don't know what a real conversation with that guy would be like. It just, it just seems like it would be uh, exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. I think, I think also I'm, uh, I, I, I maybe just hate that guy irrationally because anytime I see him on screen, I'm uncomfortable thinking about the state of his butthole. <laughs> like the way he eats and his size, it just can't be a good scene. That's that's probably very true. But uh, I don't have anything else for this movie. Anybody else? Yeah, I think I don't. I don't think I got anything. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the King of Ooh. Staten Island. 
hopefully the last Judd Apatow movie that comes out for a while. I don't, I don't really feel like I need another one. I think the ones that we have are fine. Yeah, what ha- I mean, really, what happened? Like his his star was shining real bright, and it's just either he's just gotten really sad, or he thinks we're all really sad, right. or he just stopped cutting his movies. I don't know. But well, that's I mean, that's a very popular thing now. I mean, Martin Scorsese doesn't do it anymore. Why that's, should Jed Apatow? That's, that's a good point. Same same level of uh, of clout there. But yeah, you know, uh, I think consensus is still worse than Transformers, but uh, I think I think there's a strong dissent party. So, uh, you know, if Judd Apatow movies are your thing and uh, you're looking for new content anyway, fucking watch it. Just make up your own mind. But if you don't want to spend the money, I don't blame you. I wouldn't have if I had... If present yeah. me could talk to then me, I would have said, let's just do a different thing. <laughs> I, almost, I almost lied about it. I really debated not doing it. It was very hard to pull the trigger on the 20 bucks for that film. But we did it. You're welcome for the $60, Judd Apatow. No shit, dude. I, I, I mean, my really, what I hope is from this movie is that most people like it more than I did. And it finally gets Judd Apatow some kind of award and he'll feel gratified. And then he's like, okay, now I'm going to make a comedy with like boners and shit in it. Yeah. I will say I like it more than that Adam Sandler one. See, I... I like the Adam Sandler one. Uh, I think the one that really broke me on him was Trainwreck because just it's funny for such a short time. But the Adam Sandler one, even though it is the it's the worst defender of just being too fucking long, the parts of it that are funny are fun. Yeah, I think I, that one is just it. It really pushes the sad, broken people in sad things with no resolution, <laughs> right. and uh, I just I can't get on board with it. This one, I just enjoy the the cast of characters uh, more. Having said that, this movie did make me never want to visit Staten Island. Yeah. If anybody listens to this podcast who lives on Staten Island, I'm sorry. You should stop listening because I'm not changing my opinions. <laughs> but cool. Yeah, I think that's it for that. What have we been watching this past week, guys? Uh, I watched a bunch of stuff. Ooh, um, look at you. You've had, I feel like you've had a quiet couple weeks. I did. I did. I've been pretty mellow. Um, as you and I talked about before, I finished Uncharted 2, started Uncharted 3. It's okay so far. Um, I am trying to be better about playing more video games, which is a weird thing to say because it seems like something when you're 31 that you should do less of, but I'm trying to do more of. Um, I Oh, I downloaded HBO Max this week. That's what, that's what everything I watched is off HBO <laughs> Max. Um, you know what? It's better than I thought it was going to be. I'm actually pleasantly surprised with it. I have enjoyed it so far. Uh, I watched the 1970s animated Hobbit film. That is what I imagine doing DMT is like. (laughs) That movie is strange and weird. I watched it a lot as a kid. It scared me as a kid. It still kind of scares me as an adult. Um, Gandalf is really mean in it, and all the dwarves are really old, and everything moves really, really fast. It's worse than Transformers. I watched... Is it, is it worse than the Peter Jackson Hobbit movies? Oh, gosh. How dare you make me choose? It's better <laughs> than those, if only because it is one-tenth of the amount of time it takes to watch it. Fair enough. Um, I, uh, I used to have a guy play drums with me who was, you know, a heavy stoner, uh, named his child Odin. And, uh, like, when we 
you know, in between songs, we would be joking around and making conversations. So he'd just sit back there and do lines from that movie and sing songs from that movie. And it was hilarious and creepy, depending on your mood. Yeah, it's, it is a strange, strange film. <laughs> it really uh, is. Speaking of strange animated movies, I watched Spirited Away this week. Yay! I like that movie a lot, but it is a little bizarre. Um, it's out there. It's better than Transformers. Really good voice cast. I not last time I watched it, I was probably a teenager, so it's not something I super cared about. But Jason Marsden, that chick who played Meg from Hercules, um, it's fun times. Again, it's weird, uh, and uh, my tactic of watching it was I'm going to watch this with Kate, and it's going to be so bizarre she can't look away. Worked like a charm. <laughs> uh, hasn't hasn't motivated her to want to watch another one, but she did watch that one. Give so it time. mission accomplished. I like it. And finally, I watched The Outsider because I wanted to be like the rest of the group. Yay! Uh, better than Transformers. If I had one complaint, I would say it's probably like two episodes too long. Definitely true. I, I said the exact same thing. Totally. Um, but if this were like a X Files reboot origin story. I'm in. I feel like that is how the, like, if you were to reboot the X-Files now, like a Mulder Scully type solving just one case over like six or seven hours would be the way to go. Yeah. I don't know that I quite got everything, but uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I would want to watch more of it. I think they're all very good. Patty, what's his face? The British dude. Uh, I thought he was really good. I would, I mean, he knocked, I didn't even recognize him again. He was such a good country strip club bartender. Um, <laughs> and uh, of course, Ben Mendelsohn and Cynthia Ar- Arivo, Arivo. We'll never figure it out. Just pick one and go with it. Uh, uh, they're excellent in everything. So they continued being excellent in this. But yeah, I recommend it. Better than Transformers. Not better than Watchmen, but better than Transformers. Now that we've all and watched I, it, I was I was definitely not expecting the sheer amount of uh, this is spoiler super spoilers. If you haven't watched the series, go watch it; it's a good time. But the sheer amount of bloodshed that happens in that second to last or last episode, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I I knew that not everybody was going to make it out, but I expected more than made it out. <laughs> right. Well, that and the um, amount of child murder. That was uncomfortable for me. I realized there's only one at the beginning, but we just keep talking about them. And then that second to last has like that mass murder in a cave. And yeah, that was. Uh, and it's it's like a pretty unflinching depiction of child murder, too. Like, you know. Yeah, they don't they don't they don't run away from it. Yeah. But yeah. But better than Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Cool. OK, I have a, I, you know, this, this is weird when you even talk about because it's not really like a thing that I'm watching. It's just a thing I've encountered, and it might be something that I'm behind the times on. So, you know, I, if it is, I, you know, I'm mad now. Are you guys at all familiar with uh, a TV commercial lawyer named Mike Slocum? It rings a bell, but I couldn't think of the commercial. The Alabama Hammer. Oh, no, I if do know, you know that. Know, yeah. Okay. I, you know, I've been, uh, you know, I got the CBS uh, all access thing to watch the Star Trek shows. So in the morning, I've been putting on the CBS morning shows because I'm old, whatever, fuck it. Um, Embrace So uh, (laughs) I started encountering this commercial with this guy and he is my least favorite person I've ever seen in my entire life. He's totally, he has to be some rich kid 
that someone, no one ever told him that he wasn't interested. Um, but if you, if you haven't seen these, he basically is doing this bit that I think is supposed to be, you know, a take on maybe, you know, true detective, Matthew McConaughey, Lincoln commercials, you know, those fresh references from six fucking years ago. And where he just drives around and he says nonsense trying to get you to hire him as a lawyer. And I, I wrote two down just because they moved me so fucking much. Uh, one of them, pain, suffering, medical bills, all just frogs on a lily pad in a lake of pain. Wow. Like who let that guy put that on TV? And also, I don't understand how pain can be on a lily pad in a lake of pain. A another observation. One. <laughs> another one. I was born for this. Getting people paid after their car wrecks. I was getting people paid for their injuries long before. And he looks into the camera for this part to say, cool. Is, is, is that cool now? Is, is, is an ambulance chasing cool? Is that what the kids are doing on TikTok? Like, I don't know. I just, this guy enraged me so much that I'm, I've decided to get in shape. Like I've got to wow. get in shape. <laughs> I don't really so, understand how those things are correlated. Because if I, because if I see this person, I'm kicking him in the nuts. Okay. That's fair. You know, I saw Stephen J. Maloney in the, uh, the, in Stephen J. Maloney, the one that, you know, pretends like he's not bald and says he would never represent drunk drivers, but then he got arrested for drunk driving. That's correct. I saw him in a Verizon store one time, and even though he's only four and a half foot tall, I still did not feel comfortable kicking him in the nuts. I felt like it might not go my way. So if I see this guy, I'm going to be ready. I like it. Okay, that's it's all I got. Swole. <laughs> is that it? That's it. That's the all only I thing you've been ahead. watching is the Alabama Hammer commercials? I mean, I, 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 well, I can tell you about the CBS morning show. Nope, I don't need to hear that. <laughs> it's, it's not nearly as <laughs> Now, I have, nothing, I have watched nothing this week that I felt as passionate about as hating the fucking Alabama Hammer. Fair enough, man. Uh, the only thing that I watched this week that wasn't the king of Staten Island was uh, I uh, also on HBO Max uh, watch Kiki's Delivery Service which uh, mm-hmm. I watched many times as a kid because it was on Cartoon Network all the time, which I enjoyed as like kind of a whimsically simple, you know, adventure of like a young witch being independent and stuff. Uh, but that shit hit different as, a, as an adult. I don't really know why. Uh, I don't even have kids to like feel certain ways about it. But then like the movie was over and my eyes were like, well, and I was like, what's happening to me? Uh, but it's just like she's like at the age of 13 which I think again as watching it as a kid I might think yeah she's old enough but now I'm like 13 is really young to be going off on your own and like to a strange city you know it's kind of just about like those those kind of like big life changes those thresholds that you go through where like you you're transitioning from one stage of life to another stage um, and kind of things that you gain and things that you lose in that process uh, and that shit fucked me up. I wasn't ready for it, but it's a beautiful, beautiful. Like it's it's one of the most beautifully animated and beautifully shot of the Ghibli films that I've watched. Uh, so I really recommend it. Better than Transformers. And I also watch. I'm sorry, I didn't watch. I started playing and finished uh, the PS4 God of War, which is really God of War 4, which is Kratos is now an old man and is is going on a journey with his young son through like all the Norse mythology stuff. Uh, which was fun because I don't know that much about the Norse mythology stuff, so I learned a lot in playing the game. 
And uh, as much as I had previously kind of trashed on the concept of like the hack and slash mechanics, it's got really fun mechanics. There's like a, there's a magical axe. It's essentially Thor's hammer with a blade on it. Uh, and it's just super fun to use. So game as a whole better than Transformers. I'm stuck on all the side quests now, but it's a, it's a good time. I'd recommend it. Uh, but that's it for me. A different weirdo drummer I had after playing that game like incessantly for like a year, it broke his game to a point. I mean, his brain to a point where all of his dreams were in God of War style. Like he just had nonstop dreams about jumping eight foot in the air and killing thousands of people and stuff, which sounds pretty fun. But uh, I think that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to go back and uh, revisit The Matrix, but not the good one. Uh, So this will be The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions to see how they've held up, uh, uh, you know, with the test of time. Uh, So join us next week for that. Uh, In the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies, and on Instagram at Real underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Blessing for our theme. See you guys later. Bye.